0: Hello and welcome for joining us today. We are going to talk about online safety and we have a very special guest with us, Courtney Lim, from Plea Community Services Children of the Street Program. Hello and welcome, Courtney.
1: Hi, thanks for having me.
0: Please introduce yourself and explain the work that you do. Yeah, my name is Courtney, my pronouns
1: are she, her, and I'm like Sol said here from Children of the Street in Port Coquitlam and at Children of the Street we provide educational presentations to children youth and adults all over the province of BC and we cover topics such as child sexual exploitation and human trafficking we talk about online child sexual exploitation and we also have a presentation that covers sexual violence and consent education as well
0: What is considered dangerous online and how do they pretend and attract children and the youth?
1: Yeah, so the presentation that we have
0: that talks about online safety
1: is our safer space presentation. We have safer space for students, we have safer space for adults, um, where we talk about online child sexual exploitation. So child sexual exploitation would be when a person under the age of 18 is forced, tricked, coerced, manipulated into exchanging a sexual act for something in return, like money or a thing. So The online part of that, that could be really dangerous where someone might be meeting an online exploiter. The big piece there is that we don't really know the people that we're talking to online. You know, quite often with kids, they'll play a game or they're using social media and they will meet someone that think is a friend. They'll meet someone that they think is around the same age as them. They'll meet someone that they think has the same interests as them and the same intentions as them. And they sort of put a lot of faith and a lot of trust in that person upon first meeting them, not remembering that that person is really a stranger. And just like strangers that we meet on the street, strangers that we meet in real life, we treat those people with an abundance of caution and we don't just go hang out with those people right away and often we're not seeing that type of caution when kids are meeting strangers online a lot of what we're seeing in terms of grooming so when exploiters are meeting young people and building a friendship with them that's grooming a lot of grooming tactics involve gift giving so giving lots of like online cheat codes and admin codes for the games that these kids are playing. We're seeing people um, developing relationships with young people online or exploiters developing relationships with young people online and offering them money, offering them more luxurious lifestyles than they could normally afford on their own. And love bombing is really, really big right now too. So that is like over complimenting someone showing lots and lots and lots of affection and often exploiters will do this as a tactic to to build that trust and to build that relationship with that young person so that they can be exploited down the road
0: what is the child sexual exploitation
1: yeah so when a person under the age of 18 is manipulated into exchanging a sexual act for something in return so that could look like Maybe it's a younger kid. Let's say there's a 12 year old and that 12 year old is playing, let's say they're playing Roblox. That's a really popular game right now for kids sort of between the age of 10 and 13, 14. So let's say that 12 year old is playing Roblox and maybe they have an online friend that they really like. And maybe let's say this online friend offers that young person cheat codes. So codes to like cheat the game and win more easily without having to earn it. So let's say this exploiter is offering that young person cheat codes and every day that 12 year old goes online, they chat with that friend and that friend says here's your cheat code for the day, then the kid plays his game. Well let's say one day that kid goes online and the exploiter says hey today if you want your cheat code all you have to do is send me a picture of you with no clothes on and then I'll give you your code. And that kid thinks to themselves, hmm, okay, normally I wouldn't do this because normally this person's kind of a stranger. But this person really feels like my friend because I've talked to them every day and every day they give me my code and it works no problem. And yeah, this is my friend. I can trust them. So I'll send them that picture. So that 12-year-old sends that online friend that image. Well, then that friend who we know is an exploiter, that friend comes back to the kid and goes, thank you so much for this one naked picture of you. But now what I want from you is more naked pictures. And if you don't give me what I'm asking, then I'm gonna share those pictures with everybody that you know. That's one type of exploitation that we're seeing happen a lot. That's called sex torsion. So threats to expose that sexual image in order to make that young person do what the exploiter wants. But that's just one type of sexual exploitation. Sexual exploitation um, can look like, you know, kids being manipulated into something we're seeing right now actually on roblox is they're called servers condo servers there we go on roblox and it's basically like nsfw not safe for work type content so kids are being invited into these condo games and they are being exposed to roblox characters having sex they're being exposed to Roblox characters offering uh, lap dances to them and being manipulated into partaking in these activities and being manipulated into changing platforms as well and starting to talk to these exploiters on platforms like Discord, platforms, social media ones like Snapchat, like Kik, where conversations are not quite as moderated and that's where kids are being manipulated into sharing sexualized images or having sexualized conversations that are a bit above their developmental age.
0: What ways youth and children can protect themselves? And also what parents and guardians should do to keep their children safe? So the best thing that
1: kids and parents can do is have private accounts. Have private social media accounts. I know I've talked a lot about gaming, but as we know, exploitation is happening on social media as well. TikTok, Instagram, Snapchat, things like that. The best thing to do is have private accounts. That means that strangers, people you don't know, people you haven't met in real life before, it means that those types of people aren't able to see what you're sharing. They're not able to message you. Their messages will then go to your request folder where you can ignore them and not reply to them and not even see them or interact with those people at all. Another really good idea for online games is to turn off the public chats. So turn off those public chat options entirely. A lot of these games can be played without needing to talk to other people. So turning off those public chats is great. A lot of the times, especially with kids, you know, it can seem really fun. It can seem really harmless to talk to someone online. And even parents and caregivers fall into that false sense of security, thinking that, oh, this person's online talking to my kid. It's not like they're sitting next to my kid. They can't hurt them as bad, but that's not true. And we see it happen time and time again, where people do trust those online, what they see as like online safety barriers you know people seem to think that through a screen someone can't exploit you through a screen someone can't hurt you and that's just not true
0: how about location privacy could you explain that a little bit yeah so there's the majority of
1: apps will ask to share your location and i think apple did an update recently where it asks you and you get to choose yes or no So it's a really good idea to turn off your location. We saw this happening a lot with apps like Snapchat. So a few years ago, I think in 2017, Snapchat did an update and they created this Snap Map. And it's basically like Google Maps, but you can see everybody who has joined the Snap Map. So if I had Snapchat and you had Snapchat and we added each other, we were friends on the app, I could see exactly where you are And I could zoom in so far as to see the building that you're in, like the address of your home if you were in your house or the address of or exactly what classroom you were in in your school type thing. So it's a really good idea to turn off those location sharing settings. I think as adults, we understand that and we can think to ourselves like, hey, it's probably not great for everyone to know where I am all the time, but it can be challenging for kids because you want to be able to connect with your friends. Maybe it's an easier way if your friend says like, hey, I'm at the park. What park are you at? I'll just look at it on the Snap Map. You can find it. So parents, caregivers, service providers really encourage you to encourage your youth to turn off those location sharing settings. If they want to share their location with each other, there are specific ways to do that that are a bit more secure instead of just having like on Snapchat, which would be all your friends seeing you. On Facebook Messenger, there's the option to share your location for up to 60 minutes with any one person. So if I was walking from home to school, I could share my location with my caregiver for the time I was walking from home to school so they could see where I was. And when I got to school, I could turn it off or just wait for it to time out. And after the 60 minutes, it would time out and then that person wouldn't be able to see me anymore. So that's a positive way to use location sharing as a safety feature. Uh, but we of course need to be aware of all the potential negative outcomes as well uh,
0: so what are the platforms so we know social media is one we know games or online games are another so where else that um our children might be in danger in an online world so i think the
1: most recognizable platforms that are the most... that we're seeing the most exploitation right now uh, would be like online chat rooms which are pretty common or pretty like his- not historical but I mean I'm a millennial and when I was a kid there was online chat rooms and people were going on to chat roulette because you got placed in a room with a random person anywhere in the world you didn't know who it was and before that it was um, like phone sex chat rooms type things where you could phone in and like talk to a random person about some some as a kid you think of it as like a funny conversation you're having not realizing that that is a person you don't know and that is a potentially dangerous situation you're putting yourself in so we are seeing a lot of exploitation happen on social media apps like you said that would be apps like instagram TikTok, snapchat We are seeing a lot of exploitation happen on gaming apps. So for the younger kids, that would be apps like Roblox, Minecraft, um, Among Us as well is really popular right now. And we're seeing exploitation really boom on Discord. So Discord is sort of like a third party app that people are using. They used to be using it primarily as a way to have verbal conversations with the friends that you were gaming with on Roblox, on Fortnite, on Call of Duty, uh, and it used to be a way to verbally converse with your friends on those games. But Discord, very recently, has done more updates, so it's a more user-friendly app. I would say people are able to have verbal conversations, are able to have IM conversations, are able to share images, are able to share files on Discord now, and they're communicating with each other on that and sort of. The trend that we've been seeing is moving a bit more away from like Instagram conversations and onto apps like Discord to have conversations and exploiters are guiding young people from maybe games because maybe they're using, I know I say Roblox a lot, but maybe they're using Roblox and Discord to communicate and the exploiter is talking to that kid on Discord and says, hey, join this other Discord server, which is basically another chat thread, join this other private server with me and let's chat there because we're real friends now, right? And that's often where exploitation is happening through that changing of public servers to private servers or changing from public apps like gaming apps to private apps like social media apps where conversations are one-to-one as opposed to those gaming apps where conversations in the chats and the games are usually pretty public. There's everyone is able to access those chats and see what's happening.
0: So what are your uh, tips to parents? Like what should they look for and what are the sources available if they need help?
1: So first tip would be book yourself a Safer Space presentation. So those children of the street presentations that I do, we do Safer Space for adults. Presentations are free. uh, And it's actually me, myself who does them. I have pretty open availability as well. So they're available daytime or evening, whatever works best for your parent, caregiver, service provider group. Um, Aside from that, other quick tips are things like, have conversations with your kids. I know it seems pretty basic, but show a genuine interest in what they're doing. Um, I know as adults, it can be really almost boring to have to learn all the new games that kids are playing and all the new apps that they're using. And we have a lot on our plates as well, I'm sure especially parents have a lot on their plates. But if you can take the time to watch a YouTube video about what Discord is, it's going to go a long way to helping you prompt those conversations and start those conversations with your youth about what they're doing. At Children of the Street, we are huge on relationship. Having a positive relationship with your children, with your youth, having a relationship built on trust and open communication is the best way to protect them online. I know often parents are hoping to find ways to track what their kids are doing. They're hoping to find ways to uh, remove things from different apps that they're seeing, but ultimately, Being able to trust your kid and being confident in knowing that you have educated them to the best of your abilities and you've provided them with the best resources that are possible and you have a healthy relationship with them where they feel like they can come to you if something strange is happening, that is hands down the best way to keep your kids safe is when they know that they can come to you if an issue comes up. Because I will say more often than not, the kids who come to me after my presentations with them I ask them, you know, have you spoken to your parents about this? Have you told your caregivers about this? Have you talked to your teacher? And they say, Oh no, I can't tell my mom. She'll yell at me. And then she will yell at me and it'll be like it'll be horrible. Okay, well, what about your stepdad, your dad, your uncle, your aunt, whoever else it is you live with? Oh, I can't tell them. They'll take my device away. And then I won't be able to talk to my friends. And you know, it makes sense that kids are afraid to have their devices taken away. I'm a 30 year old adult and I wouldn't like it if someone took my device away. That's how I talk to everybody. And that consequence almost works in the opposite way that we want it to. So have conversations with your kids about what they believe are fair consequences for certain actions. Then they have a little bit of ownership of, okay, I know I made a mistake. I know I did this thing I wasn't supposed to. And I know what's coming down the line and I've had conversations about it and I know when I go home and tell my caregiver about it they're going to be level-headed and they're not going to you know flip their lid they're not going to yell at me they're not going to be upset because a lot of the times kids are pretty big like doomsdayers you know my parents upset my parent yells at me it means they hate me and I feel so bad but as parents and caregivers we also need to remind those kids too that just because you're angry doesn't mean you don't love them. Just because you're angry doesn't mean you're not going to support them. And doesn't mean you're not gonna do everything in your power to help them resolve the issue that's come up for them. Kids need that reminder.
0: Great tips, Courtney. So when should parents call the police? So what I say
1: to all the parents and all the youth that I do presentations for is if you see my presentation you'll see it at the end of the presentation I have this big slide that says if you feel unsafe or uncomfortable online and then I go through the whole list of things to do so if you feel uncomfortable or unsafe online stop talking to the person who makes you feel uncomfortable or unsafe sounds simple and it can be that simple and I actually was speaking to the RCMP I had a meeting with them a couple of weeks ago and what they were saying is that more often than not if a person just cuts all communication with that exploiter the exploiter moves on and they move on to someone else so if someone's constantly harassing a young person for images or threatening to share those images if they don't get money threatening to share those images if they don't get more more often than not the exploiter won't share them because they'll move on to somebody else not that we want somebody else to be exploited but as a peace of mind thing for people who may find themselves in that situation so stop talking to the person who makes you feel unsafe don't do what they're asking you to do screenshot all the messages that that person has sent you so if that person is sending your kid um, naked images of themselves that's actually breaking the law i believe the criminal designation for that is something like Uh, providing sexual images to a minor or something like that. If they're sharing sexualized images with your kid, it sounds weird, but screenshot them because you want that proof and that evidence to show the police, if you go to them later on, to show the police that this person really did this thing. And then when I talk to the kids, I always say tell a safe and trusted adult after you've cut your communication, after you've screenshotted your messages for evidence, tell a safe and trusted adult. That adult can be a parent, teacher, guardian, caregiver, counselor, youth worker, principal, anybody. Somebody that they trust. And block, delete, report that person. So block that person from the app they were messaging you on, delete them from your friends list if they were already on it, and report them to the app that they messaged you on as well then I would say if you've done all those things or if a person that was speaking to your child was breaking the law like sharing sexualized images with your child or requesting sexualized images from your child or maybe they have those images and they're trying to sex tort your child that's when you would go to the police you would take all your evidence all your screenshots from those messages and share those with the police and ask for them to start an investigation
0: do you know by heart, uh, what is the crime rate on um, children uh, sexual exploitation in Canada? I don't know that specifically. I know
1: that um, cybertip.ca, which is our Canadian national reporting tip line for reporting images of child sexual abuse, also known as child pornography, I know that that tip line um this year they have uh, project arachnid which is a software that they use to scan the internet for child sexual abuse materials and remove them if they can and i know that CyberTip, within the last year was working off of what did they say they're scanning for like over a million images right now is what they're looking for online um that have been reported to them so i can't say specifically X number of kids are exploited, X number of kids aren't. Um, Similar to sexual abuse, a lot of people don't report. A lot of people don't say um, that they're in a tough situation. Shame and guilt play a big factor in that. And unfortunately, I just don't have those numbers.
0: I see, okay, thank you very much, Courtney. Um, Any final tips, any final words um, to the young audience who are listening to us right now? who are uh, resisting to um, let their parents, to have a look at their devices, to make sure that they are on the right track. The biggest thing to remember is nobody thinks this is going to happen to them.
1: Everybody thinks they're too smart to let this happen. All of us think that, and yet it does happen. It does happen to people every single day they're being exploited without realizing it. They really, really trust a friend that they meet online. They really, really trust this person that they think is their online girlfriend or boyfriend. But if you didn't meet a person in real life before you met them online, that person's a stranger. Because there is no way, even if you FaceTime that person or talk to that person every day or talk to them on the phone, there's no way that you can 100% know who that person is. And to any youth that might be listening, I understand why you don't want someone looking over your shoulder all the time when you're on your phone. It really does feel like an invasion of privacy. But the other side of that is, if you want to be treated as an adult, you're not an adult, but if you want to be treated that way, you need to act that way. And having an open line of communication with your caregivers is really important and telling your caregivers how you want to be spoken to and guiding them to have the types of conversations that you feel like you're ready for
0: thank you i will be sharing um, your uh, link and uh, on our website and then uh, when and how can people uh book a time with you if they're interested uh, to know more
1: uh yeah that's a great question i you can either go to our website so if you go to www.childrenofthestreet.com and you go to the programs that we offer we have a different page for each program that we offer and there is a link that says i think it says book now or book here on each of those pages and you can book a presentation right there and All of our presentations are free with the exception of the Redefining Masculinity presentation, which is the presentation that discusses sexual violence and consent education. That presentation, we request a $100 honorarium for it, but our online safety presentations and our uh, human trafficking presentations are also completely free. And you can send us a message there and put in your
0: request. Thank you very much, Courtney. Thank you.